a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a rock. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very good. Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this incredibly cool episode, guys, we have Graham Dunlop joining us from The Grimerica Podcast. One of my favorite shows. Definitely check it out. All the ways, of course, to find him linked in the show notes. Check it out. On this one, guys, we talk uh, his narration that is absolutely fascinating, his 1990 UFO sighting over in Israel, which is super awesome and very unique. You guys are really going to like it. As well as uh, government disclosure, we're both not a fan, spoiler alert, as well as uh, his contact at the cabin that he does with Randall Carlson and uh, David Warner Matheson, all sorts of really cool stuff going on with that, as well as some fascinating new information on the D.B. Cooper case. So this is an incredibly cool conversation with one of the dopest dudes ever. Graham, I can't thank you enough, man. This is a blast, brother. So again, guys, all the ways to find him located down in the show notes. Make sure you'll check that out. While you're down there, you may as well get a gander at our resource links. They're all there for you, so go ahead and check them out, as well as uh, expandingrealitypodcast.com. That's the only link you need from us. That's a central hub for everything. It's going to take you to all your favorite socials. You know, the show goes out to over 50-something different platforms, so you can find it. It's it's out there. So expandingrealitypodcast.com, that's the link you'll want, and that is also, if you were wondering, hey, how do I support the show? You're super awesome and dope. First of all, Thank you. Second of all, uh, you can do that by signing up to become an expansive insider. That's where all the bonus stuff is at. Now, if you want to support the show and not take advantage of all the extra stuff that we've got going on, we facilitate that for you too. There's a link down in the show notes that says support the mission, and that is the best way to do it. And I'm grateful for everyone that's participating in value exchange. That's what it's all about, right? All right, guys, now that we got that going, let's get to this incredibly cool conversation with Graham Dunlop. Welcoming to the show, we have Graham Dunlop from the Grimerica. Super excited, man. Been a fan of yours for a long time. You know, I've uh, run around the same circles with the Union of the Unwanted and alt media and all that stuff. So it's super fucking cool to get you on. Graham, how are you, brother? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, man. It's It's been great to meet a whole bunch of other podcasters. And it's kind of weird just doing this since 2013, but also seeing like a whole you know, a whole wave of more people jumping in and doing this, right? It's great. It's really remarkable. And you are one of the pioneers in this. You're, you're, you know, one of my inspirations for starting the show, which is awesome. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you get that a lot, right? That sounds weird. I mean, that's what I mean. This is really weird to even hear that, you know, because we were questioning it back in 2013. Like, is it too late to start a podcast? (laughs) Yeah. That's when you feel like you missed the boat. And then you have all the new people coming on, which I don't disagree with. And you see so many more of them, which I highly encourage. I mean, I'm an affiliate for our uh, hosting site because of that, because I just want everybody that wants to amplify their voice to do it. You know, we empower people to do that. And so I love that. So for my audience, it's just not super familiar with you. I'm so grateful to introduce you to them, by the way. Um, So if you don't mind, sir, just let us know a little bit about you, man, before we get it going. 
Yeah, man. Well, I quit my day job last year um, during COVID. I was just fed up with uh, operations management type stuff to, to read books uh, full time. Basically, I read books for the show. I narrate books for uh, we publish some books on Audible. I've been super grateful to read like awesome authors and get them out there for people to listen to. And we do some events like called Contact at the Cabin. So that's kind of a bit about like what's going on now. But me, you know, I kind of just a quick little background. I had a massive UFO sighting in 1990 in Israel while while traveling around the Middle East and Europe. And uh, that kind of opened me up. But then I had sort of the fall and I'm realizing maybe like this is like a pattern. Like I had to go to the depths of hell basically through addiction. And I came out in 2008 started listening to podcasts and uh, have been sober ever since. So that's kind of like a gist of it. You know, I've, I've helped some run in some recovery groups. I've been into Reiki and uh, other sort of spiritual practices along the way. So that's kind of a real high level. Well, it is. And, and like I said, you're, you're tremendous. So definitely want to unpack some of that stuff here for sure. But yes, you do narrate these incredible books. So let's talk about that for just a minute. So what got yeah. you into that, first of all? Uh, because you, when you do these, you put clips up of these, by the way, and I'm always enthralled by it. I'm just like, God damn, you have an awesome voice. So you do really well at this and you're meant to do something like that, as you can tell. So what, what got you into that, first of all? Uh, well, facing my fear, really, I had an opportunity to do it. And, um, you know, what's weird is when I got sober, I actually narrated the big book and the 12 steps and 12 traditions into a little digital mic. Like, and I, and I guess because I was listening to podcasts and so much stuff, I wanted to narrate that and then upload it into iTunes and download it to my phone or whatever you do back then. Yeah. To have like it 15 yeah, years ago, steps. Yeah. 15, all those steps <laughs> to get something into your ears. And I narrated that. And then I thought about it later on. Cause I was reading emails like for years, I was reading stuff on the show and that's sort of what got me into like re being comfortable enough to read because I was always, I don't know. I had a little bit of fear about speaking and, and stuff like that, but the podcast really forced me to open up and be comfortable with my, my reading voice. And he, actually, I even had an ex-girlfriend like, I hate your voice. Like I had to get over some stuff about not having a, a good voice as well. Yeah. And but then that my current girlfriend's like, oh, you have a wonderful voice. I'm like, what's going on here? Like what? You know, so really just getting uh, over that fear. And then I and then on a guest of ours. So I was already thinking about narrating stuff. I was going to narrate like a D&D &D book. I was going to I narrated a, a UFO book for my for my friend, how to, how to see a UFO. I've all, I just said, I'll do this for free for you. And then I was going to do the book for refuge, uh, sorry, recovery Dharma. They had a book out. I was going to do that. So I was already sort of doing stuff, you know, for sort of volunteer for free. And one of our guests who wrote a book on spiritual alchemy called, um, concerto. No, what was it again? Let me, let me, uh, geez, now I got to make sure I get this right here. Um, it was a it was a pretty fascinating book, Song of the Immortal Beloved. It was a contemporary explanation of spiritual alchemy, and I and I had a hard time with spiritual alchemy, but I, I it started to click to me. I'm like, wow, we have this ability to transmute emotions and transmute energies ourselves through the centers of our body. And it was a long book, and he's like, why don't you narrate it? I want to get it on audio. And at my first reaction was like, no, 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 can't do that. And then I was like, what? Why am I? just resist like why am i so scared of this like what the fuck and i was like i got a day job already like i don't have time but i got the show and then i'm like why aren't i using this so i really sort of 
I talked to Darren. I'm like, why am I rejecting this right away? And like, maybe we should try this. And so Darren and I did it. He edited it and produced it. And I narrated the whole book and um, it just opened up a floodgate of opportunities. Um, and then we started doing these books that we found and like, I started digging into, Oh, well. And then the other thing was I found uh an old copy of the secret doctrine at one of our events with Randall Carlson in an antique shop. And I was like, why is this for sale? This is for sale in an antique shop for like 40 bucks. So I bought it and I read it and I narrated it. And that was like one of the main sort of like jumping off points into like doing this. Like I was, I was able to narrate a Blavatsky book and get it out on audible. It's incredible. Absolutely. So, yeah. Incredible. And then, and then we, and then I quit my job and we, Everything coalesced at the right moment to get a whole bunch of this stuff out and actually sort of make a go of, of it. So it's, I don't want to get too deep into that weeds, but it was really a case of like a leap of faith and then having everything come together. Everything you've described right here, even with this one exercise of just narrating books, you you have covered the gamut as far as it goes, as far as uh, learning and the way that we grow, because even you had a little bit of doubt and that was mirrored back to you in the partner that you had at the time and she only reinforced your doubt and then whenever you know that relationship ended as they do then you moved into a new space to where you were comfortable with it and therefore now your partner is absolutely comfortable and encouraging with it that's how this place works right it's insane but again i i think it's awesome because you were so scared of it but you still went for it and that running towards fear the other side of that that's where all the dope shit is man exactly exactly and it's a lot of hard work i mean dude i put hours and hours and hours and retake after retake into some of these very wordy books, you know, looking up translations and, 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 um, uh, 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 pronunciations. And the only time you find it is in the book you're reading. Yeah. So it's like, Oh my God, there's a word. And the only place I can find this word is in the book I'm reading. Then you just go with it, you know, go with it, interpret it how you feel, and then there's no cross-reference for it, right? Exactly. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. But how much have you learned from doing that? Like, not only about the task itself, but information. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the, I mean, honestly, I was mad at, so the other part of this is I started to manifest, and I don't even want to use that word in a way, I started to imagine the possibility of making a living learning. Like, Mm. that was one of my goals, because I've just been in this, like, this is a curiosity. Like I want to learn stuff. Like when I was in school, I just didn't want to learn anything. I, you know, now I want to learn. And so, so having the opportunity to do this, I mean, it is different because I'm not skimming through it as if I was, would read a book, but I'm also not able to study it. I mean, I'll go over parts of it and I'll, I'll highlight some stuff and pull it off to the side for later. I'll, I'll learn a little bit as I go, but it's kind of in the middle. Like, I, you know, I can't, study it and I can't skip through it either. Right. So I'm learning kind of like overarching things, but I'm still having a problem with the details. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I know exactly what you mean. You probably empathize with this as well. This job that we do now, like yeah, whenever exactly. I do a show, I, I listen to it with one ear with this, which is being mindful and all of that and present. And then I go back and edit, but the editing is a different ear that I listen to it with. And then I'll listen to it. And so it's, it's wild because you get different ranges of absorption because you're in a different mode, even in your participation in it at the different stages. Dude, even in the podcast, I mean, we talked to so many different guests and I'm interested in so many different topics that I can't really go too deep on any one, you know? And so it's, in some ways it's frustrating, but in some ways I don't really want to go deep on any one. I do like covering sort of like 
the a little bit of surface level on many different things. Yes. You know, maybe trying to pick because I think part of my personality is I like to try and sort of pull things together, fit things together from a big picture level, which kind of gives me some ability to do that. Hundred percent, and I knew I, I knew you, you and I had a lot in common. Now I think we have a ton in common. So that's that's incredible, man. So uh, let's talk about Grimerica. What what made you start that in the first place? Well, I was doing. Uh, I was listening to a ton of podcasts, and I and I and I. This was back in two thousand seven and two thousand eight. I didn't say this already, did I? Well, you said thirteen years, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I was on a show. I was on a show. Uh, just after, so I'm trying to remember what I didn't, uh, what I'm repeating and not, or not. But so, and I was astounded in 2007, 2008, like every, there's all this topics for free. People are talking about all this stuff for free. And, uh, and I was just blown away. I could learn about everything. So I was like listening to Dan Carlin back then, like common sense and hardcore history and the skeptics guide to the universe, mysterious universe. And well so I went through this whole scientific, like, you know, humanism and, and skeptical stuff. And then I was like, these guys are really just making fun of people that have seen stuff like the, you, I, and I, so I kind of leap from trying all that out just to, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I went through that phase of like, cause I was already sort of very spiritual and I had this UFO sighting. So I already had that sort of foundation, but I went through that research to the skeptical way. And then I, and then I realized like, this is just, they're just make, they're just not counting any of this as real. They're just making fun of everybody who's seen a bloody UFO. And I mean, it's really proven that like these new atheists and these sort of materialists are, are losing the battle. Um, anyways, I, somebody was like, you should start a podcast. This is a few years afterwards, like maybe early, like 2010 ish kind of 2011 ish. And I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't think so. But then when I met Darren and we went, uh, when I was working in Alberta, when I moved to Alberta, we we went to some conferences and met a whole bunch of awesome researchers and awesome people. And we were listening to podcasts and we we're like, we could do this. We could do a podcast. And uh, we thought, well, let's do it. And we can talk to some of these researchers ourselves. And and it was it ended up being sort of a voice for the the listeners to tell their experiences, whether it was synchronicities or UFOs. Like we realized, like a lot of people want to tell their story. So we kind of tried to get people involved by reading emails and, you know, giving them a bit of a voice. Yeah, I take the same philosophy, man. Absolute same philosophy. Again, that's just you and I agreeing with each other the whole time. Yeah, it does seem to be that there there used to be, and I see this wave changing for sure with shows like yours and mine, that it was just on there as an opportunity to build themselves up in an egoic sense and tear somebody else down for something that they, number one, don't ex understand, and number two, can't verify. Like, you can't verify somebody else's experience. This is why eyewitness testimonies are the most unreliable in court cases, because you can't say somebody else didn't see something or they can't even recall it accurately. So there's this whole cognitive dissonance behind just saying that something miraculous happened to someone that you that doesn't fit into your paradigm. But this understanding that you and I have with this has, and I know you empathize with this, it has allowed me to have some incredible conversations where had I been closed off, I wouldn't have. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. And I mean, the whole, the whole, uh, environment now of podcasting and everything has changed so much since 2012, 2013. I mean, you know, we, we've been siloed now. We've been sort of like, I feel like, you know, the back in the early days, we were looking at the iTunes cover page and seeing where we were ranked and like people were going to find us through that. You know, now it's, it's so different, right? Even after this nine, 10 years, it's, you know, now there's more, there's more videos out. There's also like, you, you know, there's way more censorship. There's cancellations. There's people that are, 
you know, I feel like we're almost reaching a saturation point where people that want to find out more information have learned how to find it out and other people are just going to stay in their own paradigm and we're not going to reach that mainstream level to a certain point, you know? Do you find that important? I'm not sure. I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, would it be important for you to be able to be on a mainstream spotlight um, and with your information? Not me personally. No, I don't want any of that. I mean, that that's why I'm I'm kind of comfortable in, in the stealth mode. Grimeric has had like just enough listenership to keep it going and to maybe make a little bit off it and not enough to be really like fully canceled. I mean, we are getting like YouTube's gone and, and probably by year end now, but we don't rely on that for for anything really. I mean, but it does help with algorithms and and stuff like that. Um, but I don't want to really be able to. I don't want to be the voice of anything, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I flip flop back and forth whether I really even want to talk about this stuff because we're entering into a pretty crazy territory right now with what's happening in the world. And it's like, do we address it? How much do we address it? How much do we? Do we discern like we have to discern, but how much do we, you know, how many rabbit holes do we go down? I mean, it, it can get pretty deep, you know, I really try and sort of stay sort of grounded in the middle, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater on either side, you know? What, what's one of the most controversial things that you tend to shy away from talking about, but you think would be a game changer for everyone to talk about? Uh, Probably... Probably like the deeper aspects of the child trafficking, like Oof. the Q when it gets into the Q stuff, the underground tunnel stuff. Like I, we haven't really gone too deep into that. Um, we've talked about it at a, like at a less deep level, pardon the pun, but you know, I don't know if, if that, I, I guess I, that only answers half your question because I'm not sure because I, you know, I'm not sure how many of these topics should be talked about more than we're already doing. Like it, you know, it's, that's a, that's a tough question. Yeah. Well, it is. And that's why I asked it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, I was honestly looking for a little advice from you with that question. You know, it's like, what? Yeah. 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 It's like, we're, we're learning together. Right. I like, I was, what do you think? And and I don't disagree with you, man. It's one of the most important things, but it's so heart wrenching and gut wrenching that it's just so hard to talk about, you know, but it's so necessary. So, and, and then you're, what you're really doing though, is offering your energy over into a system that's, I mean, what are you going to do about it? I mean, it's the old Jim Jeffries joke. And it was, if you've got a problem with gay marriage, don't marry a gay person. Right. So it's like you and I participate in this by not being pieces of shit, child trafficking and pedophiles. Right. But what can you do beyond that? You know, that's the question. That's what we're really talking about here. So I'd like to have some people on about that. I mean, and there is really no topic that we can that we can uh, that we won't touch on necessarily. So but I just think that question is difficult because the second part of the question is the most difficult, right? Right. I think you need to discern first before deciding whether it really needs to be out there, but that's kind of opposite of what we're doing on podcasting because we're discussing it openly. And then, you know, the more people we want, more people to hear about it. So it's kind of a conundrum in a way. It is, you know, and I kind of um, dance between this idea of providing, I guess, just a safe place for people's minds to wander and then an opportunity for discernment. And then, you know, just my opinions about it. Right. Because when you get into the, the, nuance of this and the facts of it, if we want to call it that, it's still somebody else said and somebody else said, now we know some bullshit's going on, but it's very hard to determine. So therefore it's hard to say, this is where we start with it. 
you know, of exactly. course, it's, you tend your own garden, which you guys, we checked it off the box, but now you want to be more mindful. How do you approach it to where it doesn't turn people off to where they just will ignore it altogether, you know, because it's too heavy. It's interesting. Exactly. It's a balance, exactly. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, tell me about your UFO sighting. Well, I was on uh, traveling around the Middle East and Europe, and um, I was in a rooftop hostel. I was on a rooftop hostel in Tel Aviv. Um, so I came up on the roof. It was dark, three-quarter moon, and I was with a bunch of friends I was traveling around with. I think we were on our way to a kibbutz. And I see them freaking out and pointing up at the sky and they're yelling and screaming, oh, look at this. So I run over there and I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, we just saw this UFO and it did this right hand turn. And I'm like, what? I was so pissed off that I missed it. I was like, I was like looking up. I'm like, please come back. Please come back. I want to see you too. I want to see you. And then I spotted this thing and it was like, it was like a, a dodecahedron shape or an icosahedron, maybe like this D20. And it was probably the size of a D20 um, at arm's length. And it was split in half and the halves were rotating against themselves. And the whole thing was rotating on its axis, silent wow. completely. And it just went straight across the sky in airspace. And I mean, I was like, is that it? Is that, is that what you guys saw? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's it. So, so I was with a group of people. They saw it twice. I, I saw it once and I don't know what it was, but the only other time when I got back in the, and this is in 1990. So when I got back, of course, I was getting into ufology and watching sightings and I was, you know, I got registered as a MUFON field investigator and into C-SETI, you know, the C-5. Oh, yeah. I've got my old cards from the mid nineties. And I, and the only other sighting I, I, I heard of that was similar to this was a, a woman on sightings who was in Israel who saw a very similar shape. Otherwise that shape of a split sacred geometrical Dodecahedron or icosahedron is not a really common sighting. No, it's not. You hear <clears throat> other sacred geometry craft like triangles and things like that, but I've never heard of this. And what it's kind of making me think of is like the Merkaba with the alternating. Yeah. I mean, that's so yeah. interesting. So you may have just seen like a Merkaba of an entity and that's how it was kind of traversing and it yeah. accidentally got seen. I mean, that's yeah. fascinating. Or maybe it came back for me to see it too. I mean, yes. I don't know. Like, why would I, why would it list, you know, why would it be like directly related to my questions? The other thing that's happening more le lately is that there's a lot of these uh, black cubes within a circle sort of orb type sightings right now. And that sort of reminds me too, if a, if a cube is spinning in a circle, I mean, maybe that's similar to what I saw. I don't know. That was like 32 years ago now, but. And it's really interesting, too, that whenever you change shapes of like platonic solids, anything, uh, sacred geometry and stuff, it forms its own pattern. Like if you exactly. were to spin, like when you spin a coin or something, it, you could see, you know, a, a pattern, you know, it creates this image. And so that's interesting, too, because that could give you some sort of clue as to maybe the real makeup or functionality or something like that. Even if you look at this, this uh, sorry, icosahedron from the top, it looks like a, a pentagon. Rizzo, a pentagram. A Riz it up just a yeah. little bit. There oh, you yeah. go. Yeah, right there. Yeah. yeah, see. Like if you look at it from like, it, so it, it, it changes shapes depending on which way you look at it. Exactly. And how it spins and all that. Yeah. That's incredible. And I mean, even that seems like the Jewish star, right? 
uh, what you yeah. saw, the dodecahedron, if it's paused at a certain point, that's yeah. the Jewish star, which is again, the yeah. Merkaba, uh, yeah. alternating, uh, triangles upside down within each other. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating, man. Well, uh, what are, what are your thoughts on UFOs? What do you, what do you think they are? What do you think's going on with that? Just your best guess. We know that nobody plants their flag. I think so it's good. all of the above, man. I think it's everything. I think it's, it's ETs, it's interdimensional travel, it's entities it might even be demons and stuff. I mean, here's my, here's my. And, and this not isn't necessarily directly related to UFOs, but I might as well share it here. But I kind of have a, a pet theory. I mean, think about talk about discernment and stuff. But after reading all these books and 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 kind of realizing that there is, I believe there's like a brotherhood of adepts, um, probably white and black. I mean, I do think that if there's if there's these people that are sort of learning how to um, traverse these invisible realms and communicate with us that we don't even know about. There's also, you know, a group that's doing this on the dark path. And I don't know what, maybe they're responsible for a lot of this paranormal stuff we see, which could include UFOs too. I mean, so I think that it's a spiritual thing. It's a, it could be a demonic or an, a religious thing. It could be an interdimensional ET, all the above black projects. I mean, oh, dude, it's, I mean, your, your partner uh, that you, that you talk uh, to quite a bit on your other show, Dave Zed, he, I mean, like what he says right now is like the technology is the same, right? Spiritual and this interdimensional uh, portal technology is the same thing. I mean, that makes sense, right? The adepts can, can do all this. So what is, what is non-human and what is human? We don't even really, I don't even think we have the, the a clue really. Yeah. I think the, the, the human capabilities that we all just shuffle under the rug are there for us. I mean, even just, some later later movies we had uh caroline um cory on caroline cory i think that's her name uh her her movie superhuman or uh what's it called superhuman yeah and it's got you know talking about how kids can see without uh without their eyes and people can be learned like we we have so many powers that we don't realize and i mean if you're studying this for 12 hours a day 16 hours a day. I mean, how amazing could it be, right? If you're, if you follow the path of the master, the adept. So I don't, I just think we have no clue on, on what's going on. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it's all connected also. I would add to that. Like you said, it's all seemingly the same thing. If you look into the paranormal, Bigfoot, UFOs, time travel, stuff like that, it's it's all like the same thing. And so what's interesting about this too, is it's, you know, one of the uh, things that's coming to light lately is you know, we get frustrated, let's say, if we know that there's a technology out there that would end suffering on the planet, end it, uh, free yeah. power for everyone, everyone gets food, there's this orgone energy, just per, everybody gets this stuff. And the frustrating parts is if if that's a thing, and you and I can conceptualize that, and we have like the Tataria, the ancient uh, dwellings, the sacred geometry like we were talking about, and the knowledge from the ancients, then why don't they share it? And and then you look at like, okay, well, if the ETs have all of this and they don't allow us to participate in that as well, like what's going on with that? Is it all some sort of big cahoots thing? Are they barred from doing it? It, it just raises way more questions than answers, man, for <laughs> damn sure. Totally. I mean, and that's why I started second guessing going out and looking for UFOs. I'm like, well, wh why are the good ones? Why are they stuck in this sort of agreement, yeah. non-intervention agreement when the other people can come in and, you know, they can in intervene with the government to do all this other stuff and what we have to make it happen from the ground roots up. Like it just there, I read a couple books that sort of looked at it from a different way. I'm like, yeah, maybe it's not, you know, it's not just, uh, 
Yeah, it's not what we seem. It seems like too many some, questions. It seems like some fuckery, doesn't it? Because you yeah. you've hit on the exact thing that I've lamented over for the longest time. Now, I mean, why do you think that is? Then let's say that there is a group of extraterrestrials or non-human intelligences, which I love that you said what's human anyway, uh, or what's non-human anyway, and that there is sort of two energies that are interfacing with any one thing. So you have that and you have it here as balance and all that good stuff. And then I, I think also, again, Lindsay Sherman and I were talking about this the other day, the middle path is kind of the discernment area where you have the two extreme options, dark light, hot, cold, super happy, super bummed. And you kind of navigate those in a way that you find balance within it. And the same thing is true for the ET phenomena. So why do you think that is? Why do you think that, let's say just for uh, ease of conversation here that reptilians, these lizard turds, get to run everything. They can interfere however they want. They can scoop up kids. They can adrenochrome everybody. But the good ones or the benevolent ones, these uh, Pleiadians, let's say, they can't because they're barred from any interference. It, it seems almost like they're barred from good interference or helpful interference. You know what I mean? Like they can rape yeah, and pillage. Or maybe, and, it's, or maybe it's all about you can't impose your will even if you think it's good. Maybe it, we have to do it on our, on our own. I mean, there are some spiritual principles where you kind of think it does make sense. Like it's like, well, you know, if, if they're starting to get involved in imposing what they think is the right way, then we're not doing it ourselves. I mean, we need to figure it out on our own, but it's still just doesn't really rub me the right way. It's like, can't you come in and intervene? Like, you know, there's a, we're, we're at war right now, you know? I mean, on all sorts of levels, dude, I could not agree more. And then, yeah, I'm with you. It's like, what, what's the point of it? If the point is non-intervention, but uh, some can intervene, but only in the shittiest circumstances, you know, what is yeah. that for? Yeah. What, what, like, when are you going to step in? Like when we're literally right at the, uh, like right at the edge of destruction or, or is it just up to us to wake wake up? And I mean, here's the question. Are we waking up? And maybe why the, I think there's an increase in phenomena happening right now. And I don't know if it's just because the mainstream media now is treating it differently. So it might be like an optics thing or a perception mm -hmm. thing. But I do, my, I mean, my friend saw, saw one recently, very similar to the Navy sightings, the Tic Tacs, all these all these sort of orb sightings that are like uh, flashing in the daylight, almost like the uh, flash bulbs that we would see at night when we go out in our CE5s, but it would skitter in and out of existence. It seemed like when I, when I paused his video at the right place, it's in three different spots. So either the, either it's moving so fast that the camera catches it in three different spots or two different spots, or it's just coming in and out of this dimension, but there's a huge increase. And I think it's probably because the phenomena is reacting to our accelerating disclosure here. Even if it's a soft disclosure, just the amount of, uh, because there's just this acceptance that's happening, maybe it doesn't have to be full on belief or full on faith or anything like that, but just a, a less skeptical acceptance of a phenomena that it's affecting the phenomena or the phenomena is reacting to that. Yeah, this is what's so interesting is num number one, the subjectivity about the phenomena, which is fascinating to me. It's everyone has their own uh, experience with it, right? Even people who get abducted, let's say abducted, uh, and there's big difference. Uh, my audience knows this between contact and abduction. They're very, very different. That's the two energies interfacing with the same idea that we were talking about here. But even in that, they'll be abducted into the same craft with this different beings, different experience. One got their butt plugged, one didn't. Like weird things, right? And so again, the subjectivity is so fascinating with me but also i'm to the point with it now to where i'm just like it it 
probably just facilitating an experience. And when you mention the spiritual elements to it, that's what I think about it, to be honest with you. I think that it exists in this way because it has to, and it won't change because it needs to to facilitate an experience here, which is just the expansion of consciousness. At its greatest level, I think that that's what's going on for now. Yeah, I would agree with that from a UFO perspective. From a sort of a demonic perspective, I'm not sure about that. I don't think it's... um I think it's it's deeper than that, and the things are more interconnected than we realize. I'm very interested. Please go on. Yeah. Well, I can't I can't say much because, um, but I I can say uh, when I can say that my thoughts or my expression about something affects somebody else in my life. Yes. Yes. When I when it comes to protection from dark entities. So if I talk too much about it, it happens. I That's see. all I can say. It's fucking, I mean, I've been through this for years now and it's like, hmm. It's you know. Very interesting. I told Mike from ODM, OBDM something and as soon as I did that, it happened. Really? Yeah. Is it and because it hasn't happened a- for years. Like, dude, it's like, it's like they say back in the ancient wisdom is like, don't talk about this stuff. You know, it's like now I'm sort of understanding why not. Well, that's kind of weird because we need to talk about it, I feel like. But, you know, if you do, then all of a sudden shit starts happening. Is the shit manageable to where the benefit of the knowledge coming out is more is no. more great than the toll it no. takes on you? No, not right. Not right now. No. OK. If it was if it was me only, then if it wasn't affecting somebody else, then it would right. be different. But. Because it's affecting somebody else, then so it's not interesting. Worth talking about it now, I'm just wondering if there's some way that we can help. You know, if I know somebody who facilitates some sort of uh, hypnotic regression or something like that, to where there's a key in here to be able to just discuss things. Because I, I think we should be able to do that on any level. Yeah, just discuss yeah, it. isn't that? Yeah, isn't that? I mean, that's why we're doing podcasting, right? And then you, and then you realize every fucking time, like it isn't just the one time, but every time I open my fucking mouth about it to a certain level of details, like. It happens. Wow. And I'll let you know, like very shortly after we talk here, like tomorrow or the next day, if it happened just from what we talked about now. And I don't want to push it. I don't want anything happening to anyone knowing consciously now that this will affect somebody negatively. Yeah. 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 Damn, man. Okay. Well, um, while we're on the topic of uh, disclosure, let's talk about disclosure. Is government disclosure of UFOs important to you? No, not at all. I mean, my ideal of disclosure was just some acceptance of the uh, scientific community and academia really. But you know, this was going back a few years now. Now I'm not sure if I care so much about any fucking institutions, to be honest with you. Right. But that was my, I I could care less what the government says. It's more about the scientific community accepting it. I agree. So So let's then jump into the scientific community and a wonderful answer. I I empathize with that a hundred percent. And it actually, it terrifies me uh, when the government comes out and says, Hey, UFOs are real. It's like, ah, shit. All right. Blue beam. Let's roll it out. In fact, what do you think about project blue beam? Have you heard that? I'm sure you have. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, that's another theory that I'm sort of building just lately. Last few days, I've been thinking like, maybe the phenomena is increasing to get a step on step ahead or Ooh. get a jump on what's happening with Cause maybe they know the blue beam is cause I, I do think that would be a good way for the deep state to, oh, yeah. to, I mean, COVID failed. I mean, in a lot of ways, in some ways it didn't. Cause I mean, in Canada, they're still pushing the narrative, but in a lot of ways you guys in the States kind of stopped that. Uh, I think, I mean, I do think it, it was a failure and I don't think they're going to stop trying 
And I don't know if global warming is going to work anymore. There's going to become a tipping point here where the two sides just become more stuck in their way and extreme. And it's got to come to some point where they got to, somebody's got to say, fuck off with your control. Like it's not going to, we don't, we're not buying it anymore. So Bluebeam would be an answer to that. Of course. I mean, it would be like either a nuclear war or Bluebeam, something to gather the world together. And maybe the phenomena knows that they're going to do that. And they're like, no, we're going to sort of present ourselves a little bit before you guys get a chance to do that. I like your take on this, man, your uh, interpretation on it, because now it's 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 making me think that, yeah, of course, if they if there is some sort of psychic connection or if there's some sort of awareness that they have that goes beyond what we're able to understand really uh, conceptually at this time, then they would want to kind of get out ahead of it and kind of ruin the surprise or kind of actually yeah, come yeah. through in wake a way people that, up, pre-wake people up or something, you know? Yeah, maybe that's where it ends with the whole like, oh, we can't interfere. It's like, dude, they're using your craft that they made, yeah. you know, they got all the Nazis sorts of goes off the side of them they're flying them around everywhere like you're okay with that it's like no they're taking your car and you know uh, grand theft auto and it around <laughs> everywhere it's to scare the shit out of people go go claim your property man let's go there was and um, they're saying and they're and they're saying it's you like yes. they're blaming you so you know and and not directly of course they're being very careful about that and i'm not too sure that they're not all black projects anyways yeah. that we that they haven't got this technology to flip in and out i mean there's you know they've been studying portals for a while oh, and you know God, they're yeah. acknowledging that sort of this interdimensional rift exists. So maybe they are flying these things in and around stuff as well. So I'm still not, you know, again, I'm just thinking I'm not stuck either way really on what the, what's going on. It could be all the above again, you know, maybe they've got some black project orbs skipping in and out of dimensions. And they've also got uh, the phenomenon itself is, is also uh, accelerating because of it. Yeah. You know, it'd be ironic as shit is if they created one craft, uh, the government's, the oligarch, whatever, and they said, okay, cool, this thing is capable of everything. It can self-replicate. It can do its thing. It can, you know, create beings, whatever. All right, let's see what it does. And they switch it on and it blinks out of existence. And then <laughs> all of a sudden you see these crazy crap and they're like, hey, that's ours. And then you're like, oh, and right, now it's got right. a fin on it. Oh, now it's got a red light because they made it to where it can manipulate itself and duplicate and anything. And now we've got a whole race of things going on out there from just a, from turning something on. That would be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like almost like the black goo or self-assembling nano uh, graphene oxide type stuff. Yeah. yeah like that feral yeah. fluid shit. That's crazy. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I, love that I like theory. it. Uh, yeah, man, it's fun. You know, we just have fun with it. And um, I, I do agree with you that it's mysterious and that it's amazing. So, uh, what do you think our experience here is all about? Well, I kind of think it's. Uh, I'm kind of in line with some of the ancient wisdom or theosophical type stuff that uh, I just read Annie Besant's book on um, ancient called The Ancient Wisdom, actually. And the way she describes the reincarnation and sort of the, the, um, the live, you know, like learning and, and the evolving, like as we learn and evolve and move on to the next life and all that, we kind of gain more, more memories, more, I guess, uh, experience and power. Like, I feel like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's for us to ev evolve and learn, I believe. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that there's any wrong way to do this? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. There's a black path, I think, which, you know, I think that if you're trying to control others or trying to, uh, use metaphysical power against other people, I think that's wrong. Yeah. 
I, I agree completely. I think there's a pretty clear line between that. Now, whether you call it evil or not, I don't know. Cause I think a lot of the evil that's I'm, I'm stuck there. I really don't know what to think about that. I flip flop back and forth all the time. Cause I think a lot of the people that we would call evil right now, just have no fucking clue. Yeah. That yeah. they're being evil there. A lot of them are just, they think they're doing good. Maybe. Yeah, and there's this sort of ignorance that's attached to this. You know, I kind of, uh, I ping between many different theories here. So I was just curious about your take on sort of more of a Westworld sort of environment, right? To where it's not necessarily real, let's say. It's real to us because we're in it, we're acting it, we're playing it. But let's say the energies here only play out here in this realm, in this place, this world, this planet, whatever. And so let's say that whenever you cop into this experience that you're given kind of a choice. You say, okay, do you want to do the dark side or the light side, right? Like a video game where you can play the evil, the villain or the hero. And and but But both are necessary to run the game, right? You need both. You need these energies of duality. You need it all here, even the shittiest of things. But people play that role because it's a seed on the ride, right? It's an experience here. And then you can kind of choose it, you know? So one of the things I've been really entertaining lately is, is that perhaps you all come in as black hats. You come in uh, having knowing exactly how the game's played. You get to fuck people over. You get to do whatever you want. Everything's cool. And then your next round, you're on the other side of it. You're on the receiving side of it. So you've been humbled by the experience because you know how it occurs at a level. But then also now that you're feeling the other side of it, it's this do unto others thing. And now you're on the other side. So I think folks like you and I, just a theory again, that we ran through our black hat phase and now we're in the white hat phase. So we learned all the ways to be evil and shitty because that's where you start, right? That's your beginning level in this place. And then you kind of level up and then now you're part of the white hats. But to this idea, then all of it's necessary, even the shittiest things. What do you think? Yeah, I think that fits in a little bit with the the theosophy because because the karma the sort of the karma of you right that yeah. you really have to have to you are experiencing this because of your past or maybe it's opposite to karma would it more be opposite to karma karma like I feel like in karma you're kind of um, yeah I don't know yeah karma in my mind I've really changed the way that I look at it based on a lot yeah, of conversations yeah. I've had about it so in my mind what I disliked about it and why it was so off-putting for me initially was is it the idea, how it was described to me first, I'm sure everybody greets it this way at first, is that karma, by definition, earlier on, is is that you only do good to get good in return or to avoid bad. You don't do bad, not because you're a good person, but to avoid getting bad in return and to only get good in return. Well, but, so, but return in but return in multiple lives, though, right? It was kind of like, it's kind of a, a longer view of like, you know, if you're not good, it's going to affect you way down the road kind of thing, too, right? So... You know, you, you would end up, you would end up, I guess the way I think of it is you would end up doing, let's say bad things, and then you'd have to atone for those the next time. So it, in that way, it seems to overlap a little bit with your theory where it goes from dark to light. Yeah. And that's, that's how it was approached to me in the beginning. And now I've since come to look at karma as lessons. That's it. It's just lessons. It's like, okay, well, you get lessons based on the vibrational match that you are. And you're always an echo behind, right? In this place, again, this idea that if you do create your reality, which I, I tend to look at life this way a little bit more, at least that reality is a mirror to you. What you are is what reflects back at you. Not what you think, not what you say, any of that shit. What you really are at your core. And so whenever you think of it that way, then you do get this ping back. And let's t uh, toss it back to UFOs for this analogy. Some people will get shitty UFO experiences. Some people get great UFO experiences. And it could have been the same shift. 
you know, it could have been the same crew. They're like, all right, cool. Oh, oh, cool. We get to go pick up Graham, man. Oh, he's awesome. He's got a great experience coming. This is going to be badass. And then after that, they're like, oh, shit, we're going to go pick up Derek. He's got a tough anal probe and a coming to him because that's the karma that's coming his way. Another fascinating thing I thought on the karma and UFOs thing, just real quick, there was a UFO um, experience that somebody had after a car wreck. And it wasn't a near-death experience, but it was a UFO experience after they had been thrown through a windshield. It was a very traumatic car wreck. Preston Dennett was on telling us about this. And uh, the aliens came in, or non-human intelligence or whatever, and fixed her up. But they said, we apologize, we can't fix all of this because some of your injuries are karmic. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's interesting. How would they even discern the difference, and and how long, how far back do they go, right? So she's got to work on that herself when she gets back, right? I mean, needs to experience what it's like to go through the pain of healing that because it's a karmic lesson from either this life or another. Yeah, and then you know, you're like, how much truth is in that? What if they just their machine to fix the. leg that was hurt on her was broken you know like the ice cream machine at mcdonald's you know on their ufo the thing that fixes your leg is always broken so we just tell them it's karmic and we can't you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah it's crazy yeah well i mean either way this is a fascinating place it just keeps getting more and more mysterious so let me ask you this what is one of your favorite mysteries here just any any of them Oh, one of my favorite mysteries. Um, yeah, I mean, I've gone away from the UFO stuff uh, a little bit more recently um, because of the government's involvement now. And I just, you know, I mean, we, I kind of, I've experienced enough myself too. I realized, okay, well, that's, that's that kind of, um, although we still talk about a little bit, but I would probably say mystery is a tough one. I mean, here's, here's one that's a little not, a little off tar- target of this realm. We have, oh, this will be a little bit of a teaser, a little bit of a highlight. You ever heard of DB Cooper? Oh yeah. Yeah. So we went and stayed at, uh, well, we, we met with uh, DB Cooper's son on Sky Pirate Ranch. So we did like a three hour or two and a half hour chat with DB Cooper's son. And we're going to release it in a few weeks here um, after the guy we are also there with, his name is Dan Greider. He's been investigating D.B. Cooper for decades, and he's also on this path of investigation. But we got invited there by Brandon Powell. We're super grateful to be involved in the whole thing. But um, D.B. Cooper's son, we go through his dad's um, history, being a war hero, and all the medals he got in the war and all this stuff, and how he how he couldn't become a pilot when he got back because he had migraines and they think it was from like maybe uh agent mustard orange gas and yeah. agent, agent, agent orange and oh. stuff. And, and uh, so he decided to, to hijack this plane and then they, he did it again afterwards. So his, his name is um, Richard Floyd McCoy. Um, and he did it again six months after and the FBI caught him. Really? And they wouldn't, they wouldn't, uh, they they made up some reasons that are really shitty reasons of why he wasn't the original DB Cooper, so they kept this hijacking separate and they called it the copycat and all this. And we caught who it was, but it wasn't this guy that did the other one, but it was. Wow. And there's evidence found now that that sort of proves it. But I mean, there's a whole community around this. There's a whole like. 30, 40 books written about it, but we actually got to talk to his son for like a weekend and we're going to come out with like a couple hour podcast. So, I mean, that's just a recent sort of real mystery that's kind of not as paranormal, more of as a cultural phenomenon. 
Oh, it's still a great mystery, though. And that's amazing yeah. that you were so involved in that and got to talk to his son, man. That's huge. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. For, huge. For days. Like, we stayed there, hung out, interviewed him, had dinner, and yeah. Pretty yeah, cool cat. That'll be, yeah, that'll be, oh, yeah. Fantastic guy. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, okay. Well, de now definitely, I can't wait for that episode. So absolutely. Actually, let, let me tease a little bit more. And okay. the FBI and the FBI shot him. So we were at the house that the FBI shot him from the front door. Like we were actually with the Dan Grider who was like standing in the doorway with a gun showing how it happened when, when DB Cooper came up the steps. And so, Damn. yeah, yeah. It was pretty much like. They're, they came out with a book called The Real McCoy, these two FBI agents and Rick's mom, who we were staying with Rick here, his mom and his grandma passed away recently. So it enabled this whole thing to come out. But his mom sued the FBI and got the book taken taken uh, off. off uh, it's called The Real McCoy after like 300 copies or something like that. So wow. just some more sort of teasers for them. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, I was going to, I'm a listener anyway, so I was going to check it out anyhow, but uh, now I'm extremely excited about it. So thanks, dude. Um, all right. Uh, let's definitely talk about your contact at the cabin, man, that you do. Uh, it's fascinating. I'm going to join you for one of those pretty soon, brother. I promise. But um, let's, let's talk about that, man. Cause that sounds fascinating. Yeah. Well, we got one coming up uh, at Shasta. It's called magic on the mountain and Greg Carwood will be there as well on that one. And that'll be with uh, Joe Roop, Owen Hunt and Brandon Powell kind of going through like, Hermetic wisdom and trans surfing reality and Wim Hof breath work and, uh, and Greg, and we might have some other special guests too, but that one's uh, in Shasta, February 9th to the 13th. And then we have uh, one in Bryce Canyon and Zion. And we go over the myths of the stars with David Matheson. We go hiking in Bryce and Zion. We stay at duck Creek and that's on 420. So there'll be lots of people partaking in that. Legalize it. And uh, then we have Scablands with Randall Carlson in May and Montana with Randall as well. And that's where Randall takes us around in vans um, uh, to the catastrophe that was like the younger Dryas and the terrain and, and what happened to uh, to the Washington Scablands from that. So that's fantastic. Get to spend a few days with Randall. It's so cool. Yeah, definitely yeah. going to be joining you on some of these. And David Warner Matheson, we've had on the show. Awesome guy. Absolutely awesome guy. Yeah. So it's so yeah. cool that you guys get to go do that. What what started that all to begin with? Just meeting with the podcast friends uh, in a cabin. <laughs> it's Contacted perfect. the cabin. I mean, and it started out just a bunch of guys like we were actually doing podcasting with a bunch of people we met. And, uh, and then we like went to Oregon Seaside the next time and we had more people and there was just the conversations all weekend were amazing. Right. And then we thought, why don't we have like a guest come sort of make it more thematic. Like we can have a guest talking about his stuff. So it's almost like more of a, a live lecture, live podcasting, but he also hangs out with, or he or she or whoever it is, hangs out with us all week, all weekend. Such a so then it kind of turned into that with, with Randall and, and, you know, Randall's great to hang out with too, the whole time. Like, so it's, it's kind of more of like a, and just the conversations are amazing. Right. So we just kind of expanded it to become more about, about that too. And not just a bunch of us goons hanging out. Yeah. But even if it was goons hanging out, I mean, that's still, it's your, your goons who speak and are insightful and critical think for a living. So it's, it's always cool to hang out with guys like y'all. Yeah. 
but it's even cooler to be able to have that experience with somebody who you respect their research. You get to know, you know, kind of what they think about things. You get to know like uh, their favorite Simpsons episode while you're at it, you know, uh, what their favorite soda is, you know, stuff like that, whatever. But it's just cool that you get to hang out and do those sorts of things. So I see you guys doing it all the time. I'm definitely going to come join y'all for one very, very soon, dude. Yeah, it sounds good. So uh, what about um, the pyramids over in Egypt? Have you guys thought about doing some international stuff? Well, yeah, we're going there next week on Wednesday. Tell me about it. Yeah, uh, with Ben uh, Van Kirkwick from Uncharted X. So he's got us going to two weeks in Egypt. Um, going to do a bunch of uh, special permission stuff going yeah. underneath some some stuff that doesn't normally get looked at. So, yeah. yeah, looking at ancient the sort of the ancient technology aspect, like he's got spots where you can see all the drill holes and the saw marks and the scraping of the granite uh, that looks like it was done with a, you know, a knife through butter, that kind of yeah. stuff. So yeah, that'll be amazing. We're going with the brothers of the serpent as well. Very cool. Yeah. The tour next, next week. Badass. Well, we wish you, of course, the safe journey. Cool runnings, right? Peace be the journey. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a guy I just recently had on for the second time, a guy named Jeff Drum. Have you heard of him or did you catch that? No, I didn't. Check it out on your flight if you get a long flight, you know, or whatever. It's a, He's got a whole presentation with the video and everything. It's just back in the uh, – it's two, two episodes back. But, I mean, the dude uh, has a whole theory about – he goes over to Egypt, I think, a couple – uh, about once a year, something like that. But he wrote a book called Land of Chem. And basically, it's Land of Chem, C-H-E-M, instead of Land of Chem, K-E-M, which is what it was originally, right? Because his, I mean, his incredible observation and theory about this is, is that the pyramids were all um, industrial-scale chemical manufacturing facilities. It's fascinating. I know it sounds like boring, but it's not. He had a chemical engineer actually look into debunk. He sent him all of his work, a um, chemical engineering professor, and said, hey, please debunk this because I sound like an idiot. And the guy not only didn't do that, but he confirmed it and then wrote the foreword for the guy's book. Whoa, really? Eh? It's fascinating. And what he's found with like collection bowls, with uh, staining in the red pyramid, with um, an EMF uh, or an EM sort of... Um, experiment that they did over there with the components that were mimicked from the jed uh, pillar that are over there with the alternating layers and he found some phenomenal results and then it sounds like that it was electroculture it was uh, chemical manufacturing it was um, electricity so it doesn't rule out anything it's like oh it has to be this or that it was knowledge man and awareness and wisdom yeah man that's fantastic i mean ben shows uh, these uh, bowls that were made um very, very precise, like precision made bulls and 40,000 or 20,000 of them, like that many of them underneath, buried underneath, like a hundred feet down in the tunnels under, uh, fuck, I don't remember. Is it the Osiris shaft? Under now. Uh, it might, maybe, yeah, it might be the, yeah, it might be the Osiris shaft. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just yeah, had I mean, on, so And just fresh. like, and you can go down and wander around these things, but there's, there's so many made, right? Why did they make so many precision bulls like that? Right. Maybe it's like you're talking about. Electrochemical, yeah. electrochemical. I mean, and his whole thing is with like the scarab. You know, what is that? That's a dung beetle, right? And what was their thing about the cow? The cow was super revered. Well, what did they do? They shit. And then they were able to take their shit and process it into pneumonia. And that's where we get amun from. Um, Amun-ra, ammonia, uh, all of that shit. It's it's fascinating, I'm telling you. And it might be something cool and fresh. Uh, if you want to check that out, I'd, I'd be honored to get you in contact with him as well. He's just an yeah, awesome for sure. dude. Yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds love good. love to have him on. 
All right, my man. Well, um, we're probably going to wrap it up here. I'll give you the last word on this. But, dude, I just wanted to see what what's your hope, man? Like, what, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Why do you keep, you know, plugging away and plugging this microphone in and keep putting the headphones in and doing it, man? What gives you hope? Um, just, just being able to talk to people, I guess, and, and learning about stuff. And I mean, imagining sort of a better world too. I mean, I really think that that's kind of where this is led. It, it went from sort of like mysteries and seeing how the media manipulates UFOs and that kind of stuff to now like, okay, the media is manipulating all kinds of stuff. Well, let's be a part of the solution instead and talk about some of these things and maybe help people imagine a better world, right? A better, a better life. I mean, I, I mean, I think we have to get into that mindset of like, you know, maybe breaking away or having a parallel system or something or just enough to re so that they realize like, you know, you can't control everybody like that. Right. Like we need to have some autonomy and freedom. And I know that those words are sort of like vague and it's, it's sort of the eternal, eternal struggle in some ways. It's been going on for so many years, but. I really do feel like we can collaborate and cooperate instead of compete and and um, and competition's good in some respects but for living and for getting by you know we need to collaborate so yeah it. I'm just excited about some of those some of those parallel systems that are happening you know yeah could not agree more man all right, cool. Well, we share your uh, boundless optimism here. And thank you for your Thanks. time, man. Graham, dude, you're a badass. All the ways, of course, to find you located down in the show notes. You guys definitely check out The Grimerica. It's outstanding. Graham Dunlop, thanks so much, dude. Thanks, buddy. Massive shout out to Graham Dunlop for coming and hanging out with this brother. This is an incredibly cool conversation. Definitely be invited back on. Make sure that you guys check the show notes for the Grimerica podcast, which is what he does, as well as many other things. All of that stuff is located down there. Definitely take advantage of that. While you're down there taking advantage of that link, check out our resource links. We've got Food Forest Abundance. Get your freedom from fear on. It's about damn time to do that. So get it. Also, we've got Opus, the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support. They can definitely help you out with any woo-woo that you got going on for show. Also, if you just want to start your own podcast, you're like, God, I, I love this. As uh, Graham and I were discussing in here, we encourage anybody who wants to do this to please do this. And to that point, we partnered with our hosting site to be able to give you guys an easier access to that. So check the show notes down there that says start your own podcast or reads rather start your own podcast. And that's it. As well, if you just really want to step your game up, if you're like, you know what, I'm done with this stagnancy. I'm done with, you know, whatever's going on here. I need a level up. Well, also in the show notes down there, check out the manifestors guide. That gentleman has a scholarship offer for you, the listener of this particular show right here. That's awesome. As well, at checkout, he sweetens the deal. If you just type expanding reality, all caps, no spaces, for an even sweeter deal, guys. So again, that's a massive level up that I highly promote and have experienced myself. And that's why I'm so passionate about articulating it to y'all. All right. Also down there, of course, expandingrealitypodcast.com. Check that one link that you need. It'll lead you to all the socials, everywhere you want to go. The lives are replayed there. All the Too Hot for YouTube stuff. Merch can be found there, which is really cool. A lot of stuff changing on the merch very, very soon, guys. So snatch up whatever you like. It's probably going to be changing. It's definitely going to be changing. So I'm not sure if what you like is going to still be there. So go snatch it up. Uh, also, you can sign up to become an expansive insider through that link as well. Best way to support the show. There's uh, bonus stuff that gets put up there. Uh, as well as it's just an awesome way to participate in value exchange. Now, if you just want to do that, there's a link also down there that reads support the mission and you can do that. There's no firmament on that, guys. So just 
pour in as much abundance as you'd like because that's what we're rolling with here. So thank you everyone, by the way, uh, who's participating in that. It's It warms my heart to see this. When you, when you put something out like that, you don't know how it's going to go, but it actually warms my heart to see the community participate in that because you see the value in it. You understand that this is what it takes. This is the next step for everyone is to be in cahoots with one another in this energetic way. All right, so uh, please go out into this incredibly cool and amazingly mysterious place, whatever the hell this thing is, is guys, and y'all pick up a piece of litter. Of course, uh, be nice to everybody that you come across. Go ahead and buy a meal or coffee or something like that for somebody in line around you and really up the vibe. As well, while you're doing all the amazing vibe shit, you might as well get out of the left-hand lane because that's a huge pain in the ass. You got somebody behind you wanting to pass. Go ahead and move on over. We'll be right out of your way, and then you can move on back and live your life, right? All right, but other than that, guys, go out into this incredibly beautiful and mysterious and what the fuck kind of place, and y'all just be good to one another. That's basically it. Just y'all just be good to one another. We're going to get through this. Hang in there. You're doing great. If nobody's told you that today, you're doing fucking awesome. So keep moving forward, and y'all be good to one another. That's it. All right, so y'all, thank you so much for being just incredible, for listening, for watching, for engaging, for being the most amazing sons of bitches out there. I'm proud of you, and I love you. We'll see you next time.